Good day, everyone. I am Matt Harrison, and you are listening to the Cast on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Giris out there. Malaga may have played a B team this week, but they were very much a beaten team as they lost 2-0 in San Sebastian to Xabi Alonso's Real Sociedad B. Things just keep getting worse for Malaga at the moment, causing a group of fans to vent their anger outside La Rosaleda this week. And that's where we'll be heading next Monday night as Malaga take on Cartagena at home. We'll see in this podcast if we can find any hope for a team that is playing pretty hopelessly at the moment. But first, to introduce a team which always brings me some hope, it is my Giri cast team. So first of all, I shall say hello to Chris Marquez. Chris, how are you? I'm doing very well, Matt. How are you today? I am great. I've got a weekend of beefer ahead of me. I've got two days left of work. So um, despite the Malaga stuff, um, I'm in a good mood now. I've separated my... The, I'm away from that first half of the week, which wasn't so much fun. Um, Alex Ashmore from Santiago. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm like yourself, Matt. Got a little weekend away this weekend, uh, which would be nice. Um, going to Madrid, be good to return to my former home. Um, and on the subject of San Sebastián, I actually was speaking to someone at rugby training the other day, and they said they were from there, and it brought back horrible memories. So, I, you know, I swiftly moved on from there. Yes, definitely. Are you just are you um, just doing a bit of tourism in Madrid, or seeing old friends, or? Seeing a few friends, doing a bit of it. It's a bit of a nostalgic trip. Okay. I've got Monday and Tuesday off, um, so I thought, you know, I'd grab the long weekend and go down. Okay, if if you if you happen to find yourself in the Fuenlabrada neighbourhood, do some intimidating and say, don't don't catch Malaga, you Southern Madridas. Um, I don't know when, how to offend Fuenlabrada fans, but um, uh, joining us from a long way from Santiago, um, we're delighted for Nick Bell to be joining us from Scotland, I think, Nick? Yeah, all the way in snowy Edinburgh. Wow. How how international are we tonight? We've got, well, three countries, I keep forgetting. I, I can't keep up with Alex's. Alex is in a different country each time we record. Um, how's Edinburgh looking, Nick? Uh, well, it's about to be battered by uh, another storm. Fourth in the week here for the UK. So, um, yeah, I'm a bit windswept. I'm a bit interesting, but um, finding the safety of my hotel room. And uh, as I was saying, a bit of a snazzy upgrade as well. So can't complain. That, that's not a hotel room. That's like like a, a, a most beautiful suite you have there. I, I think they did say it was a junior suite, to be fair. But that's what happens when you complain about your poor internet. Um, and how important it is for me to be on this call um, on the Cast as well. Did, did, did you mention that you were going to do a podcast and like said, like hoping you get free stuff or, or, or anything? I said I've got an international call with three very important people <laughs> um, and then immediately they put me in a junior suite. Yeah. I, I was hoping you would say, um, you said, look, this internet's good enough. I, I'm doing a recording with the Cast tonight and the desk yes. went, the Cast? Well, of course, we love the Cast. We'll upgrade I, you. <laughs> I always try to get free stuff when I'm, I was in London. I said, I have to, uh, I'm being on the radio in five minutes. Is it okay for me? Um, because we were having late breakfast. And is it okay for me to, uh, to record here for the radio? And they said, uh, yeah, sure. We don't care. Do your thing. <laughs> and I said, okay, nice. And I went, <laughs> I, yeah. so I was on the radio and then 
I thought, this is not working. They're not paying attention. So I started walking around saying, oh, very nice breakfast and oh, this, that. Um, so I went to pay and I thought, wow, I made that much publicity. Now <laughs> I probably have a freebie. Uh, a, a, a free a free breakfast but no i had to pay the full amount 40 pound okay yeah. well let, let's let's um let's start with a potential snazzy upgrades then um it was on my facebook uh memories today that two years ago today i was at la rosaleda with um a pretty much full house cheering on um a 2-0 win against rasin santander of um alex ashmore love these days um but it was the first week of Altani being ousted or sort of, I don't know what we're saying, like blanked out of the club for a bit. It is the two-year anniversary of our judicial, I can't say it, judicial administration. Uh, Chris, I'll go to you first. Um, two years down the line, have things improved, do you think, since then? I think things improved a lot from not disappearing to still being alive. That's the first thing. Um, although the results are not really there, the team is not doing what we expect or we don't have the team that can compete for, let's say, playoffs. Um, I think the more, most important thing is rebuilding the club to hopefully being able to sell it to a good new owner and take it on from there. And And I think... Once there is a new owner, we can look up and we should look up. But I think for now, the most important thing is re- rebuilding and, and, and staying alive. Yeah, and obviously we have the CVC money. I don't know if we got it yet. I can never keep up whether we've got it or not, but that's sort of going into infrastructure. So that's a positive. Um, Alex, what about you? Do you feel there's a more positive outlook around the club? Because obviously we're going to talk quite negatively in the next part. <laughs> I definitely say it's a, a positive outlook. I think if you'd asked me two years ago, to, well, two years ago today, in two years' time, I think I'd have hoped to be a bit further along the line, maybe. Um, I right. feel like things are taking quite a while to get done, but you know, I understand that there's a lot of things that you know need to be sorted out, and you know, the judicial process can take a long, long time with these things. But you know, I think it's a, a small step in the right direction, and you know, we're we're looking. To the future, which is something that we could have possibly not been able to say last year. I, I also think that the uh, Jose Maria Munoz, the juridical administrator, like he's not the owner; he's placed there by a yeah. by a judge. So his job is temporarily, and he's doing a great job. Um, but it's not up to him to build something. Mm. That's up to a new owner. Yeah, I, I. He always says that he's there just to do his work, but that it's he's not going to stay. So. Yeah, I always think it's it must be quite a tough job for him because um, he's been there two years now, and I think on this podcast we've sort of sung his praises, and you know he has stabilized the club off the pitch, but I, I, I surely he must have some attachment to the club now, and. You know, he works with Manolo Gaspar, who obviously does have a strong attachment to the club. And I think it must be so difficult for him to separate that sort of administrative side. And 
I'm not saying he's a Malaga fan, but he must care. Um, must be quite. He different. wasn't a Malaga fan. No, no, he's I'm a, saying, but he must be now. Like he isn't. Yeah, he must be now. He, he's a big basketball fan. Okay. He supports Unicaja. Okay. Uh, but he wasn't into football. He doesn't like football. He right. didn't even like Malaga. And that's the fun thing about him. But he's doing his job very well. So okay. And Nick, anything to add to the two-year anniversary of uh, Jose Maria Munoz coming in? Yeah, I think, like you say, it's good that um, you know the the survival of the club is the main thing. And I, I can't probably speak of as a bit of an authority on this, going through what I went through as a Blackpool fan as well. You know, and and to be fair, talking what you say about the um, the court-appointed administrator, we had a very similar thing with. Um, our court-appointed receivers, you know, they want the best for the club and for the fans in order to be able to find an owner in the future that that can take on the club and be fantastic for it. I think the downside on this two-year anniversary, it feels like we're very much in limbo, though. Mm -hmm. And the difficulty is, is that this is a league that is getting stronger and stronger every season. You know, we can see the amount of money that uh, Cartagena have put into um, their operations this season. We can see that uh, Zaragoza has um, got a massive investment, hopefully for them, coming soon rather than later from uh, from Mexico or America. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, as Alex said, the um, the future is bright sooner rather than later for us. Yeah, it's... Um, I, I, I... In a, on a different sort of authority, I suppose. I, I think I'm sort of quite well, you know, in well placed to talk about this too. Because obviously, I arrived in Spain. Um, was it six months before this happened? So you know, two and a half years ago. And those first few months going to Malaga games were, oh, they were bleak. And I was questioning, like, what what have I done to myself here? Why have I done this? And and to be honest, we've since the administration, and you know, it's not been roses, as I'm sure we'll talk about tonight, but. Um, it has been more fun. It has been better, and like the atmosphere at the stadium's better, and it does feel a bit more reunited. And I don't think it didn't look like it was heading that way with Altani, you know, head of the ship and stuff. So um, you know, like I think I agree, with Alex is stalled and a little bit, but um, I, I think we are in a better place, and uh, you know, hopefully we stay up this year and. Build up again. Um, sticking with Altani, um, you guys can tell me about this. I read some reports and I sort of understood a little bit. He's appointed new lawyers this week. Um, Alex, I think you sort of understood why. Well, he he pointed a new lawyer on the case for well, because it was a, it was a, obviously a thing that I I mentioned a few weeks ago that. You know, the the court was saying, you know, because we haven't heard from him, is that enough to put out an international arrest, arrest warrant? Uh, that was the whole Twitter deal, whether they could communicate with him through Twitter. Um, and, you know, I think like we mentioned off air, I think Nick said it, you know, he's obviously been, been we forced his hand in a way to appoint his own lawyer rather than, you know, be given uh, an appointed one from the, from the judge, say, for example. Um, so hopefully... That's a step in the right direction to speed up proceedings and, well, get things in the right direction and you know get us closer to him being out of the club. Yeah. Do um, Nick and Chris or Nick or Chris want to add anything to this? The Alex might have missed this. I'm going to be honest with you. This legal sort of stuff goes over my head a bit sometimes. Yeah, I won't uh, pretend to be the ultimate authority on Spanish law if I'm being perfectly honest, but. My understanding is is that you know they're into a, a, a scenario now where they're trying to see whether there is any reason to pursue a, a um, 
uh, a route down the criminal prosecution route first and foremost, and then they decide you know what they are going to do with the club and things like that, whether it can be forcibly sold or, or from underneath them and, and things like that. Hopefully, sooner rather than later, as I've said. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a good move in the right direction. Okay, Chris, do you, do you want to add anything, or do you want to talk about El Femininos instead? No, well, there are two options right now at this moment. Um, or he took the, um, as Alex said, three options. Or he took the lawyer because he wanted to choose one. Or he finally wants to go into action and defend himself. Mm-hmm. Or he took the lawyer to try and, I don't know, get more time. Stole it. Stole the stole, stole time. Mm. Years, like it <laughs> has been his strategy the last two years and the same four years with the Blue Bay case. So okay. I think that it's um the the from what it says here, from what I'm reading, the prestigious Gomez Acrabion Pombo law firm, surely they wouldn't want to associate themselves with somebody who is going to stifle the rule of law and and, and block up court proceedings. Surely it's like a, a a moving direction from that perspective. Did you guys hear that um Malaga starting a new lawsuit and now against the um... What's his name? The defender. Oh, I forgot. I thought it was going to be me for my awful TikToks. Like, <laughs> no, your TikToks are great. <laughs> yeah, check the, I keep laughing. Yeah, check, um, check out the Gary Luis Hernandez. Ah, yes, okay. They're starting um, uh, a lawsuit against him because he started two lawsuits, or one against Malaga that he still should receive money, and now Malaga starting a lawsuit. <laughs> Um, in order to get 110,000 euros back, which he has, which really received too much, actually. Okay. Mm, interesting. I liked Luis Hernandez. He once, um, he gave me a pat on the back on a plane once and said, thank you for coming to Las Palmas with us. I, and, and Did he say that? Yeah, yeah. When I was on, when I went to Las Palmas, he came, he came round to everyone. Because obviously it was quite a few Malaga fans on the plane with the squad um, just coincidence. I didn't know I wasn't stalking them or anything. I promise. Um, and he did wa- you say, "Yeah, I'm a big Las Palmas fan." No, no. Oh, then yeah, we we all had our, we all had our Malaga stuff on, and he came round and he said in Spanish, and I sort of like I didn't fully understand what he said, and I looked at him blankly, and he obviously realised, and because he played for Leicester, he responded in English, and he was very nice. Mm. Yes, it was a fun, fun fun playing journey. Obviously, I wanted I wanted to speak to Juanpi. I never got the chance. But uh, that, that's a that's a different story. Um, okay, let's get away from all this uh, legal rigmarole, Chris. I like the football pitch. Um, Malaga Femininos, Chris. Yes, Malaga Femenino. They played this weekend. And of course, we have our one and only. She's been away. She's been on holiday to uh, Portugal, to Lisbon. But she's back. And here she's with the news. Right, Rocio? This weekend, Malaga Femenino will make this by losing out. Ayala had to make change to the lineup and player position in the match against Extremadura. The team started with nervous and conceding a few chances. The first goal will come after four minutes by Laura Carrasco of Extremadura. From then on, Malaga improved but will hardly have chance to score. In the second half, the team had more intensity and as soon as it starts, Carmen Gomez will score the tie. In the seventh minute, 
Tete will score the comeback goal, and in the final minutes, Celia Media will score the third goal. The most positive news was the return of Tati after five months without playing. Next weekend, Mala will try to face San Miguel, and this is all, mates. Thank you. Next week, San Miguel. Like we don't like San Miguel. We no. like Victoria. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm not big on San Miguel, but it, I'm, I'm um, delighted with the news that um, the Femininos carry yeah. on winning these games. And, you know, we're not going to talk about many Malaga successes on this show. So let's mention the other one this week. Um, Atletico Malagueno won 4-0 away to the wonderfully named Intergym Malia um, over on uh, sort of, what do you call it? Just on the, well, what's the word? What do you call those? In North Africa, basically, but I can't think what you call it, like an enclave, isn't it? Off uh, North Africa. Um, and I'm, I don't know, he might get mentioned later. Um, Julio scored twice, but Loren scored twice again. So he's getting those goals still. Um, what a horrible name. Inter Jim. <laughs> Malia. 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 How do you say Malia? Malia. Malia. Yes. It's, uh, so you thought Inter Milan, oh, awesome club. Let's take Inter from there because Inter isn't anything Spanish. And then, hmm. Inter gym. We work out all the time. Okay. We train a lot. Gym. Inter gym. No, that's not enough. What can we think of more? Inter gym. Hmm. Oh, let's put Melilla behind it. I, I, I like to think it was like an instruction to the players. They said... Into the gym, Malia, and they all run in the gym, and and they got strong and started winning games. And they do have another team, I think, don't they, Malia? Like a high, a higher up team, I think. I think, um, I think there's an Ue, um, Ude Malia, but I don't. Know. Anyway, um, there's two Malaga wins. Yay for Malaga there, but less yay for Malaga in the next part, as we are going to talk about. What went wrong in San Sebastian this past weekend? We said we don't like B teams playing in the Segunda, and I think that sentiment may have been heightened this past weekend as Real Sociedad B triumphed 2-0 over our beloved Malaga in what can only be described as a pathetic performance. But we're going to start with something that wasn't pathetic and start on a light-hearted note. Um, didn't Xabi Alonso look magnificent on the touchline? No. Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Come on, come on, Chris. He did look magnificent. If, if I hate him, I hate him. I hate him. I noticed this actually last week when Al, when me and Alex seemed to quite like Chabi Alonso. You were a little bit more withdrawn. I think perhaps it's a a British thing because of his time at Liverpool and he was quite exotic and cool at Liverpool. So maybe I like him because he gave Spain the the a um, World Cup mm-hmm. and the Euro Cup. But after last week, I I just ate him. Okay, I I, I was <laughs> I, I'll pitch it to you guys. I think if I, I I when I was watching him stroll the touchline in the first ten minutes, when I wasn't so bothered about the result in football before it all came crashing down, I was thinking if I was a football manager, I think I'd like to rock that sort of 
cool navy blue trench coat really white trainers look so um my question i'll start with you nick because you've jumped in there um if you were a manager what, what, what sort of look are you going for are you going for the suit or track suit or what i'm not one for suits if i'm honest but my figure doesn't really uh give to suits let's put it that way but certainly in uh where i work yeah long blue trench coats are cool Maybe just stopping short of um, wearing something too ostentatious. But, yeah, nice white shirt, white trainers. I, I was, yeah. Xabi Alonso can't do anything wrong in my eyes, if I'm being perfectly honest, apart from beat Malaga. Yes, he did. He did rock it well. And he, he was nice. It wasn't, like you said, it wasn't too ostentatious and over the top either. Um, Alex, what were you rocking on the touchline? I'm very much a fan. Well, I do like the way that Jose Mourinho dresses. I think he's got quite a look to him. Um, I do also like the look that Pep Guardiola rocks sometimes. It's a nice sort of jeans, trainers, T-shirt. I think it's simple. But I think if I was to go, if I had to, I'd probably go with more the Mourinho style. Nice pair of, you know, chinos, suede shoes and a nice shirt and a jumper. Okay. And but a sort of press conference Mourinho rather than like big puffy jacket Mourinho. And uh, Chris, uh, do you want to finish this? Basically, I'm trying to delay talking about the game here, guys. Yes. <laughs> um, I uh, love... Um, no, I would like to see... I think it's Xabi Alonso still. He, okay. got, he, has, he has class. Okay. So no, so no big uh, club coats from any of us. So let's go to... Um, our touchline and Nacho, who chose the team this week. And yes, we're going to have to talk about the football now. So let's get to that starting 11. Um, I think the main headline we sort of spoke about last week, we were hoping Roberto wouldn't start again. He did. Um, Febas started ahead of Hosebed and Ishmael at centre-back. So Chris, I'll start with you. How did you feel on seeing this starting 11 and maybe particularly seeing Roberto starting up front again? Scared and um, angry. Okay. I was pretty angry to see Roberto again. Okay. I will come back to you later. Why? Okay. That, that, that's that's <laughs> something for you all to look forward to. Stay tuned for that. Uh, Alex, at the starting 11 in general, was how did you feel about it? Was this as good as we could put out? I think given the situation with suspensions and injuries, I don't think there could have been... I mean, apart from Roberto, I think, you know, he got it mostly right. I think, you know, from from the players that he had available, I couldn't really complain too much about it. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I, I would agree with that sentiment with the, you know, apart from Roberto bit added on as well. Um, Nick, anything to add to the start in 11 or anyone you would have liked to have seen? No, I think I'd have to agree with you both on the um, with you all. Sorry, on the Roberto front, you know, he seems to be um, you know stealing the shirt from somebody else at the minute. But the, the centre back pairing had to pick itself essentially. Um, Fabas started ahead of Hosebed. I thought that was quite good, actually. I'm quite impressed with Fabas. But um, on the whole, I would have liked to have just seen a few more changes. You know, maybe, maybe giving Kevin a start. He doesn't seem like he started in a while. Well, you know. Yeah, so, you know, I think there was options to change it, but as you guys have said, it, it was the best I think we could put out at the time. Okay, interesting you said about uh, Fairbass, because one of my questions was going to be about him later, but maybe I'll just throw it in now. Um, obviously, <coughs> the Real, not Real Sociedad, sorry, Sporting Gijon game a couple of weeks ago when he made his debut off the bench in the second half, he was very impressive, and there's been little glimpses, but... 
Chris, I can hear you sort of clearing your throat, so I feel you might have something to say. Um, has he done anything to sort of show that he deserves to be in the starting eleven? Mm, not really. Because I'm struggling with him a bit as well, if I'm being honest. I'm struggling as well. I don't. I think it's hard to say to give anybody the um, to 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 appoint everyone who is the worst or where it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think a few positions are not going very well, and one of the positions is that position. Yeah, definitely. Um, Alex, what have you made of Fairbass uh, since that debut he made? Yeah, like you said, I think not much to go on. But then again, I don't think he's played an awful lot or say I don't think he's played enough for me to get a full picture of, you know, who he is as a player. I know, you know, he's he's, he's had a few games, but, you know, I think given the form that Hosho Ed's on, I wouldn't mind seeing more of Fairbass. I think you know it's just a case of trying to find a you know a fit and a, a midfield that works until until we can get it right because at the moment well nothing's working to be honest. Okay, let, let's um, maybe start at the beginning then because I actually thought without being brilliant, I thought Malaga started the game okay, put a bit of pressure on, but without really again perhaps because we don't have a player in that position where Hosebed and Fairbass play that can play a pass like I said last week that was the bit we're lacking but I thought we started okay am I being naive there well I'm going to give you the answer Go the for solution it, as well okay you're the new boss Chris um, if you look at the moment Brendan Thomas comes onto the pitch the whole match changes everything changes mm-hmm. in the last four or five minutes of the first half Malaga had nowhere to play the ball to. It all starts with the attack. Uh, on, well, little Gavi is uh, screaming. Um, <clears throat> He's agreeing. It all starts... Yes, the real little Gavi. It all starts, I think, up where Roberto is. I think... I don't know the diff, what, what Brendan does differently, but at least he gives the option to, to play a ball to him. And... I think that's where we are failing. Okay. Um, Nick, would you agree with uh, Chris's diagnosis there? It's not the attacking midfielder position, it is more who we're aiming at. Yeah, to an extent, to be fair, um, from, from especially the first half, Roberto seemed like he was you know, lost at sea and, um, and his partner, uh, Antonin, just seemed intent on running with his head down uh, and, and trying to do everything at once, in, in my opinion. I think... Brandon Thomas's performance was better than most, but I still think that was done out of a need to actually do something because I think they realised we are 2 0 down to a B team here. And, you know, that's why they really took the game to Sociedad in the, in the second half and tried to do something. But I, th- I just think in general, uh, under Naxo Gonzalez, it just seems to be very flat. Everything seems to be sideways passing, backwards passing, and it doesn't seem to be that killer pass into the strikers. Um, and I think that's what needs addressing more, if I'm being perfectly but, honest. <clears throat> that can be the mistake, or not a mistake, that can be, if you're playing with Roberto, still a young player, if he doesn't walk right, there is no... If he doesn't, if he doesn't walk in the right places, there is... No option to give him that ball, I think. Possibly. To give him that pass. 
Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with a bit of both. I think it's that top third of the pitch. And obviously we've got good wingers who are, you know, not perhaps excelling in recent weeks and months, I suppose, but uh, maybe they're not, and have, not having as much to hit at. But um, let, let's start with um, Real Sociedad B up front then, because they took the lead in the 35th minute. Um, John Karikaburu, Forgive me for my pronunciation there. Um, I actually thought this was quite a nice goal and a nice little finish and, um, oh, sorry, a nice little touch and a nice left-footed finish. Um, was it a good goal, Alex, or bad defending or a combination? And actually, could have Danny Barrio done a little bit better? I think, I mean, yeah, off your, off your three points, I think, you know, it was a good finish. I think poor defending, you know, I'm not sure how he managed to sneak in there and get the shot off and secondly score. I think Danny Barrio getting beaten at your near post as a keeper is, you know, it's it's not not a good thing. I think, you know, he definitely could have made himself a bit more, um, you know, I guess in the way, you know, he could have put up a bit more of a fight, I think. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I'd point the fingers more at the defence rather than okay. Danny Barrio because, you know, you, you just shouldn't be letting a player in that easily. Yeah, it was, I think... Um... Personally, I think, yeah, I totally agree. I think the touch was a bit better than they anticipated. And I think they were expecting it to bounce off him a little bit. And he controlled it so neatly that it's like, oh, no, he's in. And um, yeah, I think Danny Barrio, you know, he, it was smashed, wasn't it? It just went up into the net. Uh, Chris, any thoughts on the goal in general or anything you want to point out? A good goal. Uh, horrible defending again. Everything is off. I don't know. I'm... I'm... I don't know where where Molaga will end this season. Okay, well we were 1-0 down at this point. Um we made no changes at half time. Um so I don't know what Nacho said to them at half time that he thought that could inspire them to you know make a fight back and you know get that equalizer and hopefully a second goal but by the 52nd minute it was 2-0 to Real Sociedad B. Uh, Roberto Lopez with another quite Nice left-footed finish. Um, Nick, any comments on this goal? Was it bad defending again or just a nice finish? I think at any point where you have Escassi hunting down a left winger is going to be indicative of the end result, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, Initially, just to go back to how that break started, I I did think it was actually a foul on, I think it was um, Paulinho, in the box, you know, from, from where I was sat at home, um, that started all that. And then obviously Sociedad B with the energy and the pace just absolutely broke. And that square ball back for the goal scorer was just, um, you know, it was just simple football, really. They did the they did the, the normal things right, so to speak. Um, and then after that, I think that's when everything kicked up into high gear and it was all, right, we can't, we can't be losing 2-0 to a B team. You know, we need to actually start doing something here. Yes, is um, I, I, he did seem to be in a lot of space to curl that finish into the far corner, and uh, I think yeah, I, I weren't sure who it was. I think you're right; it was Iskassi got drawn out. But then I'm, I don't know; it might have been Fairbass. I'm not sure, so I don't want to point the finger at someone. But they, when the ball was played across the edge of the box towards um, Roberto Lopez, who scored, um, he wasn't really closed down at all, and it was a nice finish. Uh, Alex or Chris, is there anything you want to add on this goal? Back to the same problem again, poor marking, poor positioning. 
at any level. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't care if it's, you know, Vanarama National League South or, you know, the Southern Premier. You shouldn't be leaving a man open on the edge of the box because, you know, anyone can score. So, yeah, it's poor defending, poor marking and, you know, just over, overall shocking. Okay. I agree. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay, well, I think we'll be doing a podcast about it, Chris, so we're going to have to. So this, oh, yeah. I was going to perhaps bring this up later, um, but it seems a good place to talk about it now. Isn't this sort of what we've been praising Nacho for? Well, not praising, but saying, oh, it looks like he's organising us a little bit more. Um, to be honest with you, I think we looked a little bit all over the shop. And I think, uh, forgive me, I can't remember which one of you said it, we looked really flat and... We looked shit. Just say it. We looked shit. We're horrible. <laughs> wow, there was that too. <laughs> there was um there was no um yeah, not much to take from this game. Um um one person one thing to take from this game and you've mentioned him already, Chris. Um Brandon hit the post. That was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> that was that was the highlight. I, I don't know how it didn't go in. Uh, you know, oh. there was two chances in that game for Malaga that I thought that's going in. And I think it was that one when it came off the post from Brandon. I think how how has that happened? And also the um, the goal saved on the line oh, from yeah, I, um, I think it was Vidio, but it, it just was one of those nights at the office, I believe. You know where it was just it, nothing went right whatsoever. Everything, as Chris said, fell to shit. And you know it it, it was basically everything that Malaga had been doing Paul of the season rolled up into one game. Yeah, and um, I think you said as well, Nick, that we did try to to sort of, I don't know, almost like panic. So we brought on, um, who was it, Brandon and Vidio sort of just after the second goal for Roberto and Antonin. And then when it was 2-0 down, we took off. Um, I was there, Javi Jimenez, Gomez and Paulinho and brought on Jairo, Kevin and Chavaria. So we did try to do something, but it seemed like we there wasn't really a coherent plan. We just sort of threw everything on the pitch and hoped something would stick, I guess. Um, I, I suppose the next question, guys, is... Uh, I'll come to you first, Alex. Uh, is there any positives to find in this game if we're looking ahead? I think you could say, you know, maybe the last ten, five, ten minutes, we put up quite, you know, we had quite a few chances, and had we taken them better, and had this been on a different day, it could have been to all. You know, I, obviously, I don't want that to take away from the fact that we were shocking for eighty minutes of the game, but you know, had we maybe been a bit luckier, we could have drawn the game. So, you know, I think there are some some promising signs, and I definitely think, you know, going back to what Chris said, I think it all changed when Brandon came on. He was the life of the attack. Before that, mm. I couldn't see it scoring even if we were given an open goal. Yeah. Have any of you guys seen the Avengers film? Of course. Like the first Avengers film. Yeah, we're all, we're all key on that. Do you remember when, um, and spoilers if anyone hasn't seen it, it's been out for 10 years, it's time to go over it. Um, Colt, Agent Coulson dies, uh, well, dies, and Nick Fury kind of like encourages the team to react or something like that. Maybe this loss to a B team in such a horrific fashion could be that kickstart to actually players really looking at themselves and going, we need to notch it up again. We need to start performing better. We need to do this better. That is all I'm hoping for. That is the only positive I can take from this defeat is that it might 
ignite something in them to actually turn this season round and push ourselves away from a relegation battle. I wish I died watching that movie tonight, to be honest. <laughs> the, only, the only positive thing I saw was that it was 10.30 and for me time to go to work. <laughs> uh, which I'm usually not a big fan of, but that was my highlight of the match. That was the most soul-crushing sentence ever delivered on this podcast. <laughs> I wish I'd died. Um, yeah, we, another positive. Um, they did score another goal. And they got disallowed sort of right, rightly for offside, but only just offside, sort of a hand poking out. Um, yeah, I, I'm sort of got this image of a Nacho Fury now with a, an eye patch on the La Rosaleda touchline and... Uh, uh, who, who's our? I guess Brandon is our Hulk. I'm, I'm trying to place them all now. Um, I haven't quite. I'm going to think about this um, over the next 24 hours. Which which Malaga player fits which Avenger? Although none of them are saving the world at the moment. We'll say that. Um, <laughs> it's uh, more Malaga's more like Deadpool. <laughs> well, just a mishmash of randomness and comedy. Yeah, uh, for know. the outsiders, Sorry. not for us. Um, Tell you what, well, guys. I think Video could be um, someone who flies because he spent a lot of his time flying across the surface as well <laughs> yeah. and not staying on his feet. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I, I, I take back Brandon as Hulk. I think it's gas. He's definitely Hulk, isn't he? He's, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this be for a second. Um, if we give him a green collar, then he would actually be the Hulk. He has the same hair. Yeah, yeah he does. Everything yeah, he is does. the same. It's because he's the Hulk. You don't want to make him a, angry. I feel a Twitter poll coming on. Yeah, there's, there's definitely <laughs> we, something. I think we need in. to find the answers. Yeah, um, but the only problem is we're talking about our, a team full of deficiencies and obviously the Avengers are, you know, they have their flaws, but they are, you know, superhuman and generally good at doing what they do, unlike us. Um Right, we'll um we will go to Chumbo and Biznaga, guys. There's still a couple of things I want to talk about after this, like something to do with the aftermath. So let's do our Chumbo and Biznagas. And if you want to find some sort of uh, positive in the Biznaga section, please, you know, feel free. So Chumbo, guys, uh, I'm going to go Alex first. Where do we even start, Alex? Who are we going with? This is so difficult. I think, you know, if I could give it to the whole team, I would... Um, I just think generally, maybe, you know, I can't really, I feel bad putting it all on him, but I thought Ishmael Casas was pretty poor. I think, you know, defending wise, you know, I know he doesn't play there often and, you know, he's been put in the team at last minute. So, you know, you know, conditions not all in his favour, but I'm going to have to give it to him because he was quite poor the other day. Yeah. And um, as much as I've championed him as a centre-back before, I'm going to give it to Ishmael as well. I thought the same. Um, Nick? Anyone different? Uh, for me, it was uh, Victor Gomez, mm-hmm. um, purely based on the fact that we know how good of a player he can be. And I think he was at fault for at least the first goal. You know, he sh- shouldn't be getting that cross in from there. And for being massively out of position, I think he was on the floor, to be fair, from the corner. But he was massively out of position for the second goal as well, um, which is such a shame because... You know, I've championed him for being a fantastic player uh, for Malaga so far this season. But since the turn of 2022, it's like he's been space jammed and had his powers stolen from him, and he's just gone to shit and gone crap. Yeah, lots of lots of uh, cartoon comic book references tonight. Um, Chris, anyone different? Roberto. 
Ah, oh, yes. He was, was going to be my second pick. And I, I have think... also a few listeners who, uh, okay, go or for people it. who responded on uh, on Twitter. Take it away. As we're adding them. Uh, one for Victor Gomez. Two for Victor Gomez. Um, Rumba doesn't give any um, any bisnagas, but gives everybody a chumbo. And that's it. Okay, so there's our chumbos. I think you could have taken your pick there. I think is they're all up for grabs, really, for a chumbo. Um, <laughs> dare I ask, guys? Um, I, I'll just put this out there. Does anybody want to give a biznaga? I just can't think even where to yes. give. Go for I'm it. Go, one. go ahead, Chris. You go first. I'm giving a biznaga to Brendan Thomas. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. I think I'd say him, too, now I think about it. Um Nick or Alex, did you say one as well? I, I've I want to second Chris on the Brandon Thomas, but also you do want to give a shout out to all the Malaga fans that made the humongous trip up to San yeah. Sebastian. Um, so credit to them. Yeah, and yes. actually, just quickly, They'll ask a refund at the club. <laughs> and actually, quickly on that, there was more fans in that stadium than I realised for a B team game. I was quite impressed, weirdly, for a Saturday night. There was quite a few thousand there. So, yeah, well done Loads to the Real Saucy. Yeah, but I was going to say well done to the Real Saucy that B fans as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they support the Real Saucy and that too. But um, Nick, anyone else for Biznaga? Uh, no one stands out. To be fair, I think contrary to popular opinion, I thought Fabas didn't do too badly. He didn't set the world on fire, and I don't think it's Biznaga worthy. But you could see he was trying to do something, whereas other players were, as I said before, really flat, in my opinion. But, yeah, I think I might abstain this okay. Biznaga. Okay, so I have that... two more Biznagas. Flipping out. Well, three. Go for it. Um, well, Robbie said... Gave Biznaga to Vadillo. Interesting. And Pedro Jimenez gave Biznaga to Roberto. Very interesting. <laughs> okay. Oh, and please tell me Chris did something this weekend. Otherwise, Biznaga goes to Liverpool for saving my weekend. Well, I did, did loads of great stuff this weekend. Besides working, I had some uh, quality time with the wife, so... I think that deserves to be snagger. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. There's a... Can I ask if Pedro what, was watching the same game? <laughs> so, sorry, Alex. Was Pedro watching the same game? Yeah, I thought I thought the same thing too. Um, I think if we're giving Brandon a lot of love for work rate, I think we can't fault Roberto's work rate, but I thought he was, yeah, nowhere in the game this time um so that actually puts us now um the is this how bad we are we, we've now got the second worst goal difference in the league um only Amo Rebieta have got worse they've got minus 33 we've got minus 18 the next nearest worst goal difference to us is Real Sociedad B who have minus 12 so we are minus six worse than Real Sociedad B now who have scored more goals than us as well it is not looking good. And fans turned up at La Rosaleda on Sunday to protest about 50, 60 fans. Tell me if I'm getting these figures wrong. I'm demanding to sort of speak to the players. And I believe Lomban, Chavaria, Escassi came out and spoke to the fans, as I think Gaspar did as well. Uh, Chris, am I accurate in my 
explanation there that it was all quite calm in the end, I think. Uh, yes, uh, Manolo Gaspar went out. Um, Francisco Martin Aguilar yeah, went out. Escasi, Chavarria, and there was one more player, I believe. And Lomban. Yeah, Lomban. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the difference because they are the most experienced player and they are... If you look at all three of them having interviews, they they talk openly. Mm. And if you look at the rest, they're just spoiled kids. Well, they're just kids, really, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're just kids, spoiled they, kids. Well, that's maybe some of them, but... Um, yeah, who so. shouldn't start working... Uh, who shouldn't start... To go work for their money. Well, to buy all the fancy, expensive clothes they wear. That's <laughs> well, not their fault. They're getting paid, are they? Is it, really? I, I don't know. They well, always... it's not their fault they're getting paid, but if I'm not doing my work right, my boss will talk to me and say, uh, what are you doing? Well, I'm sure that's happening too. I'm sure they... And what will happen to them is if they're young players, it's not going to look good on their CV if Malaga get relegated on their watch, is it? So... It's not going to be good for their careers if that's if they want to keep spending money on cars and fancy clothes or whatever these young footballers are spending money on. Um, just to finish off, then, guys, um, Nick or Chris, um, Nick or Alex, even any views on this sort of mini pro well, not protest? I don't know what we call it. It's sort of um, conf- confrontation on um, at, at the day after the game. I think people want. Sorry, go on, Alex. I was going to say, I think sort of in general, you know, I can understand where the fans are coming from. I think, you know, it's a frustrating time. But also, I do think we shouldn't get too far ahead of ourselves. I do think, you know, if you just said to me a couple of years ago, this is what we'd be doing, I wouldn't be too surprised. I think, you know, it's fairly realistic for us to, you know, aim for survival, given the financial situation at the club. Um, But then also, in general, I wasn't not... Surprise, maybe is a bit strong, but you know, a bit. You know, I wasn't sure about what Manolo Gaspar said. He said, um, "You know, we we obviously everyone at the club wants to turn this situation around, which I'd expect him to say." But then also the fact that he said there was no aim or project set for next season. Mm. It's all about surviving at the moment. Which, yeah, that sounds like firefighting. I've heard him say, "Sure." Yeah, I'm not really sure why he's saying that and, you know, whether he's changed his tune or, you know, I'm not really sure why he said that. It's a bit bit of a a mystery to me. Hmm. I think um, that there's a bit of a difference between uh, England, Spain, Holland. I think it's more usual in the southern countries to go and and talk to the players and protest in that way when things don't, don't go really right. Definitely. Then it's more used. Then that then it's more normal, or it happens more than in England. Let's yes. say. Yeah, definitely, and it's uh, it's quite a a big thing in South America as well, isn't it? Well, perhaps it's a little bit more confrontational there, but it it does happen there. Um, Nick, any final thoughts? Because I think you were going to add something. Yeah, I think um, just going back to what Alex said there. You know, there is. Um, there's a random reason about it. It comes from a place of care. That's the main thing. Those fans aren't there just to kick off for no apparent reason. It comes from a place of, of you know, they love the club. And, you know, it's good that they managed to have that conversation with senior players and senior management as well. I think to, to end on, you know, 
things like this can hopefully, as I said before, kickstart something, really galvanise the team into performing better and actually fighting to keep this club in the league because, like it or lump it, it's not a pretty picture at the minute. You know, like you say, we've been dragged into, you know, what looks to be the, the onkings of a relegation battle. So, say it's a good job that Alcocon did what they did. Uh, it's a good job that um, Fuen Labrada... Um, True as well, I believe, or they might have been the same game, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, it was the same game. Yeah. Um, I was listening to the Spanish Segunda podcast the other day, and I think they really put it out there for me in, in terms of, that I didn't really understand, if I'm honest, in terms of if you finish level on points with some teams around you, it all goes down to head-to-head, and Malaga's head-to-head with the teams around them doesn't make for pretty reading. So it, it's got to be more of a reaction from getting points on the board. It's got to be distancing ourselves from the teams around us as well. And when we're losing to you know teams like Sociedad B, it just simply doesn't help. And you know we've got Cartagena uh, next Monday. That's got to be your restart. That's got to be the one where you go right. The the the, the survival starts now. Yes, and they, there you go, um, Nick. That seems a nice little segue into the next part of this podcast, and we'll look ahead to that game against Cartagena and see if we can find some hope for our beloved Malaga. Oh, So after that cheery chat about our loss at Real Sociedad B, I've had to pour myself some beer to get through the next part where hopefully you'll get me celebrated and feeling hopeful ahead of this Cartagena game. So Cartagena, um, I think Nick has already referenced um, Cartagena's spending and he's referenced the Spanish Segunda show who tipped Cartagena as their dark horses. So Obviously, we're playing them at home. Home is not the fortress it once was. How tough is this game going to be against Cartagena, do you think, Nick? Um, I think, really, it's a good time to be playing Cartagena. Um, they haven't had the best start to 2022 and have really tailed off in the um, the last couple of months. I think their only victories in 2022 have been against Fueno. Fuen Labrada and Real Sociedad B, ironically. Um, so it could be a good time to um, face them. Hopefully, like I say, get some points on the board, but they are, they're a really dangerous side. And I think we saw that in the reverse fixture away. You know, they completely dismantled us. And I think, to be fair, that was the start of the end for Jose Alberto Lopez. Yeah, definitely. Um, as you said, they've not had a great 2022 so far. They've lost their last three games, actually. They had that epic against uh, Valladolid last time out Um, but they are three points off the playoffs they are still in that chasing pack Uh, Chris your views on Cartagena do you think they are dark horses to go out of this league or to go up from this league even I'm scared for them they have um, very good players Ruben Castro has made 15 goals already so far they have who once was our a preseason player, Okazaki. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And uh, Tejera, Boateng, De Blasis. Lots of names that Alcala. almost went to Malaga. <laughs> Alcala. Yeah. Yes. Very good team. They are a very good team. Um, Alex, obviously, 
the segunda at the moment is it especially do, do you remember the top half that used to be fun didn't it um but the top half is very sort of tightly packed and there's a few in that chasing pack uh do you think Cardiff Hena could go up and would you like to see them go up yeah I, I i i wouldn't be opposed to it i think you know it's always nice to see a team sneak in like that i mean i i've been looking at the, the championship table and thinking oh, it'd be nice if say you know a blackburn went up or a forest went up so it'd be nice to have a yeah, you know a new yeah. team in there i know blackburn and forest aren't new to the prem but, but those are traditional clubs <laughs> yes yeah. they are um, true. perhaps Cartagena in the la liga, la liga would be quite interesting you know i think no they don't belong there alex <laughs> all right <laughs> the bouncer of the league over there yeah they still don't no I'm joking <laughs> um, yeah. um, no I think it would be nice to see them and you know they, they've seemed to have had a really good season so far and you know I think in terms of what Malaga have got to prepare I think you know if we can't beat Real Sociedad B I think any game's going to be as tough as they come and that's always the case in the Segunda it's such a tough league so you know I think it's going to be potentially you know I think this game could be the the make or break of our season. Okay, it's their second se- season in Segunda for me to know. Well, I was going to be s- honest. I was going to say, Chris, since you're apparently the gatekeeper to Spanish tradition and um, the Primera, it seems. Um, I was going to ask, would you like to see Cartagena go up? But you've answered that of of the outsiders. So we've got Ponferradina in that sort of chasing pack and Oviedo. I'm guessing if you're going down the traditional route, you'd want to see Oviedo go up, or would you rather Definitely. see Chris Pigeon's Ponferradina go no, up? No, Oviedo. Okay, I, I, I'm 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 up for any of them really. I do quite like all three. I think. So, sorry, Chris. By the way. Okay. Yeah. Who actually? He he tweeted me yesterday. He is coming to Malaga in the next few weeks. I'm very excited. Um, he's coming to the game. I will see him at the game. That's going to be fun. He can be on Vamos a la Rosaleda. But going back to yes. this. Yes, definitely. Uh, going back to this question, I, I, I've got a soft spot for Oviedo, but I think it'd be fun seeing Ponferradina or Cartagena go up. Of course, they've still got a long way to go, and you know, all three of them could miss out. Uh, Nick, do you have any sort of preference of sort of the the dark horses slash outsiders you'd like to see go up? Oh, there's so many of them. You know, the, the, you've got to remember we've got a lot of football still left to play, and um, you know. Technically, technically speaking, Real Zaragoza could still crash the party if they get their act together. <laughs> so, yes, true. You know, they're only nine points off sixth. Definitely. Um, I want to see an Ibiza in, in La League. You know, you might imagine those away days. Please, no. I I, I, think I meant I wrote them down as well. Actually, I meant to mention them, and also I should I should say I really want Ibiza to go up in preparation for me going to watch them on Saturday. So I don't get I don't know their fans calling me names on Twitter again like I did a few weeks what, ago. What has become of the Kiwi Coast? <laughs> Chris, you're very depressed. We, we like change, Chris. We like, we like fun. change. We're we're TikToking now. <laughs> we're wanting Ibiza to go up in their first season in Segunda. Why does it matter if it's, it's more of a story if they go up in their first season? That's fun. Yeah, but no. Why not? No. Why no? Because no. Why are you such a traditional? It's fun in Segunda, but not in Primera Division. Why does it have to be so traditional? That's yeah, fun. I don't know. If you ask, if you ask, I like fans, Primera Division, like, like being traditional. Like, mm. There's, there's no fun in tradition for me though. Like, happy you know, tradition. It's nice I, to have a mix. I can, I can say. 
Yeah, the, you know, the, having those fun teams in in the top division, having a crazy thing like Blackpool in the Prem or Yeovil in the Championship or Swansea winning the League Cup or <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Malaga in the Champions League semi final. It's it's great stories, and and why not Cartagena or Ibiza? Or, well, uh, uh, no. to be honest, I don't really care because <laughs> I don't watch Primera División at all. Yeah. Yeah, so what Chris is saying, he doesn't want to... I follow Segunda, but I'm not following Primera, so I don't care who goes. So Chris is actually um, declaring love for these teams because he wants them to stay with us in the Segunda because we're certainly not going up. So take it as a a lovely compliment to you. um, uh, If I may jump in quickly, this may be a subject for your Play for Q8 podcast, but I'm wondering if any listener out there knows, has a B team ever been in a higher division than the A team? Not allowed. No, not allowed. Not allowed. The closest, um, Real Madrid played Castilla in a Copa del Rey final once. I think that's the the sort of closest sort of story to that. But yeah, they've always got to be a league below. So I think even, um, I'm trying to think, I can't think. No, I definitely know a story about this and you've put me on my feet now. I'm trying to think. Ajax. Ajax. Came second or first in the league. That's right. Uh, the B team, and they couldn't go up because Ajax was playing in Eredivisie. Yes, correct. Which is ludicrous, isn't it? Like, I'm so thankful we don't have B teams mm. over here. Like, I'm not happy they play the Checker Trade Trophy, but... I think it's that... good that there are B teams. They just shouldn't yeah. be in professional football. No, I agree. Oh, 100%. 100%. It, it just... Where's the integrity in that? Say, say if Jeff Alonso did his thing and got Real Sociedad that would be to the top of uh, the league and the other team were getting relegated but they went well actually no neither is moving there's no integrity in that is there no. and no, no reward for our beloved Xabi no, uh, Nick you, you, you go in towards a conversation which I stopped Chris having last week and he he, he backed out <laughs> but, but what, would, what would happen if in, in case what Nick said oh, happens no, we're done we're done <laughs> we're gone go on go on carry on <laughs> No, what would happen? I That's my question. No, I think the team who's the next in the table goes up, yes? No, but what if, oh, Real Soci- uh, for example, Real Sociedad got relegated. would relegate? Then Real Sociedad B get automatically get relegated, I believe. Right. Which you're right, that you're right with the integrity thing. And uh, that's why he would never work in um, uh, English football, because we have too much of a professional game like you know we talk you guys support like Yeovil and you're involved in Filed Nick the you know they're essentially professional clubs aren't they and then like you've got like Wrexham and there's so many big teams in that fifth where, where does professional football start in Britain it is you know it just keeps going down so um let, let's get back to Cartagena guys um they have Ruben Castro. We talked about him. He has 15 goals because the one thing Cartagena don't do, their defensive record is pretty bad, actually, but they do score goals. Uh, Alex, if Malaga had a Ruben Castro-esque figure playing up front for them, would we be in a safe a safe position? Because I think we'd obviously be in a safer position. <laughs> I actually think, you know, I'm not saying it's the the answer to all of our prayers, but I do think that's the one thing we're we're missing quite a lot is just a, a goal scorer. You know, I'm not really I'm not asking for someone who's going to you know weave in and out of defenders and go on these marvelous runs, but you know, someone who's there to you know get the headers. You know, back he's at the back post for the tap ins. He's he's getting shots on target. He's you know being a nuisance for defenders. I think that's something we really miss and potentially something Seco could be. 
if he played. I, I, I'm starting to I'm starting to let that boat go with Seco a little bit, guys. But I think he would be good if he could get going. I'm, and actually, backing up your point, I've got a little bit of statistical backup here. The Malaga now have the third lowest shots on target in the league. So, you know, I think that won't surprise us. I've been watching Malaga so much this season. Although, you know, remember at the start of the season, we were like bragging about having the most shots on target in the league. So that that's changed rapidly. But the fifth lowest shots on target in the league are actually Oviedo. And obviously they've got Borja Baston up front, banging in the goals for them, who scored as many goals as Ruben Castro. So it does show the impact. You know, I don't think it's a revolutionary idea I'm introducing here that a goal-scoring striker does get you up the league, but it, it does show how big a gap that sort of position it's, is it's for us. It's better than hiding Roberto. That's definitely... Uh... Mm, definitely. Um but what about you, Nick? Do, do you think do you think we'd maybe back still in the top half if we had a Borja Baston slash Ruben Castro style figure? Oh, hundred percent. I think the the lack of chances that we've taken this season, clear goal scoring opportunities that have been wasted. Yeah, I think we'll be well in the mix if I'm being perfectly honest. And it, it, just to echo what you said there, if you've got that kind of player who's notching in goals regularly, you can see. The difference that Sadiq coming back from Afcon has made to Almeria recently, there's, you know, it, it it's there on paper for us to see. We just don't have that whatsoever, and I don't know whether Seiku could have been that guy or whether um, they were hoping that you know Roberto might be able to make some strides or or, or whatever it might be. I think the fact that we've got a 34 year old on trial <laughs> to try and answer that question is um, more revealing than it should be. Well, let's go then. So um, what do then, I'll, I'll come to you, Chris, because I feel like you might have touched on an answer to this um, in earlier in the podcast. What do Malaga need to do to stop this slump, do you think? Because obviously we don't have this sort of striker. I don't know, we, we, we have sort of said maybe Seku has it, but it's been a while we've been waiting for him to show it now. So what what can we do with these players we've got? My turn? Yeah, yeah. It's you, you, you're I, going to solve it for us, Chris. It's all on you. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me as lost. Um, well, let's start with taking um, Ismail Casas out. Okay. Because... But he wouldn't start um, anyway, would he? Kwande is still injured. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. He has a muscle injury. Um, let's not play with Escassi at the back. Let's play with... Pai Burns, he's back from suspension. Pai Burns, but then you need a, uh, a second centre-back. So you drop in Lomban as well. I think I'm going with the youngster. Okay. Is that, is that, our, is that our route out of this, playing more youngsters? Like, obviously, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that... Um, the Atletico Malagueno are sort of banging in the goals at the moment, particularly Lorenz Zuniga. Should he yes. be playing ahead of Roberto? Um, I'll come to there. <laughs> I would take Antoninov and would start with Kevin. Mm-hmm. And if Kevin is not playing as he should, then I would take him off at half time and replace him for Fadillo. Okay. And I would change Febas for Gosabet again. 
but this is uh, just me thinking. And I, can, I can hear. <laughs> I would play up front with Loren Zuniga and Brandon Thomas. Brandon yeah. Thomas. Yeah, I thought you'd pick him. And if that doesn't work, I would take Loren Zuniga off and I would place in Hicham. Okay, there's it all mapped out for us by Chris there. Um, Alex, what what do we need to change it, whether it's uh, personnel or style? Obviously, something's got to change. I know we talk about this every week at the moment. Let's try again. What needs to change? Well, I've got, I mean, a serious answer and then a slightly, I don't know whether it's the, the romanticist in me, but the, this week, uh, a certain Jack Wiltshire signed for a Norwegian side. And I just had it in my head. Could we have signed him? Would that be a possibility? Just not you know, to, Alex, quickly. Like not, let's not upset our Danish listeners. It's a Danish team, so not to upset our Is Danish it yet. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I would, you know what, uh, what, 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 the stupidest, the stupid, most stupid thing of all is that over the last week we have been criticizing on uh, on Victor Gomez. Mm-hmm. Okay, so drop him, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. But Calero is on loan playing for uh, Fuenlabrada. No, Alcocon. Oh, Alcocon. Or, or so, South of Spain. I'm South American. No, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, so it doesn't make any sense, does it? No. If the one man who can replace Victor is being loaned out to another team, I think I think uh, we I think we do better to get Victor playing well again. I think he's too important to us. I understand we've had a few pops at him, but I think he's too good. We have to get him playing again. Um, Alex, you said your um, non-serious answer, which was Jack Wilshire, which I agree would have been great fun. Um, what was your more serious answer? Well, I think, you know, more on the lines of what Chris said, I think, you know, I'm quite liking what Danny Barrio is doing at the moment. I think he's playing quite well. He's, you know, making the most of his selection. Uh, I think, you know, obviously it's difficult with, you know, suspensions and injuries, but I don't think Casas or Escassi is really a fit for centre-back. You know, I'd rather see a young centre-back who's actually, you know, his natural position is centre-back. You know, I think... Could we maybe put Casas, Casas back on the on the you know the right back position? Maybe Ale Benitez is he? Mm. You know, I don't uh, think Ale Benitez is there yet. I think then yeah, the best option is still uh, Victor Gomez. Yeah. I think you know at this point we've got to you know try try a few different things and you know yeah. I, I was, this might be thrown back to our you know Giri Cast Bingo, but is Issa Fomba around? You know, is he looking for a game? You know, I think Isafomba bring... is, is done. He's in... you know... No, he's, he, he, he's... I don't know what happened to Isafomba, but he, his form is away. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, like you said, sort of Loren Zuniga scoring goals for Atletico Malagueño. You know, just change it up. I think, you know, we've been trying too much of the same thing and it hasn't yeah. been working. So we've got to, you know, make some changes. And like I said, bring in some youngsters, start Brandon, drop Roberto... Play Seiko. Okay, it's a, a few conflicting plans there, and we're all indecisive like uh, Nacho Gonzalez. Uh, I Nick... will tell you guys now something. Okay, I won't come to you yet, Nick. Go on, Chris. If I'm seeing Roberto in the lineup again, I'm going to switch off my TV. Honestly. Okay. And I'll take a week off. Okay, there's a. Uh... 
There's um if anybody wants to come on next week's Geary cast in place of well actually Nick you can just come back on you're hired Nick <laughs> um but um you know on next week's podcast Nick when obviously Roberto's going to start so Chris isn't going to be here um what are we going to be ta- how are we going to be talking about a glorious Malaga win what have Malaga going to have to have done to beat Cartagena I think uh, speaking in the same vein as everybody else. It appears to be there's a complete lack of competition for places that's, you know, giving a lot of complacency to some players who seem to think that they can just turn up on a Saturday and, and they're straight into the starting lineup. Blooding in some youngsters when you're in this, you know, predicament, there's no downside, surely. You know, if you've got a lad who's scoring for fun in Malagueno, then get him involved. You know, I think two of the lads in that squad are being courted by Juventus. They're being looked at by a team like Juventus for a reason. So get them in. Um, I think from Nacho Gonzalez's point of view, he needs to, I can see what he's trying to do with controlling the game, setting the pace, keeping the ball. You know, they can't score if they haven't got it. He just needs to galvanise and to have that cutting edge to, to try something a bit ridiculous to, find a pass forward, hopefully for Roberto to grab a hat-trick and, uh, you know, set Chris Marquez off him for a little while. <laughs> but yeah. I think I think that that's all that needs to happen. I think, you know, just as everyone said, a change in attitude is the biggest part. OK, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a big, a big question to finish with. Um, if Malaga are to lose this game... Then we play Amorebieta away the next weekend, which obviously could be a pretty... Well, not obviously, it will be a pretty massive game for us by then. Say we don't get a result there. Do you think Nacho Gonzalez could lose his job? I think he should. Because I'm assuming that if we've got him on a six-month contract, or whatever his contract is, he won't cost a lot to get rid of. And... I agree, Chris. I, I, you know, I'm not one for such sort of um, quick, sort of quick-tempered reactions. But you have to say it's just not working. If we don't win this game at home on a Monday night, and then Adamo Rebieta, yeah, I, yeah. What is the solution? I don't know what the solution me, me, me is. Me I either. remember uh, Gato Romero. Do you remember that before Pejicera came? No. <laughs> be honest, with you. We sacked. Who did we sack? Muniz? Victor, like Victor. Mm, Not Victor Sanchez. Yes. Oh yeah, we sacked Victor. No, it was we, earlier there. We were around fourth or fifth on the table when we sacked Juan yeah. Muniz yeah, and Juan brought Muniz. Sanchez Delamo. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, then it was uh, the season before when we uh, we had like uh, Gato Romero for three four weeks and then he got sacked as well okay so it's it's not but unprecedented he was working for the club already at the time but i don't remember season which season it was yeah um alex do you think it would be an you know is it a crazy idea i put before you there or do you think it's something that could really happen i wouldn't be surprised you know i, I I'm torn. I think, you know, if we do lose the next two games against Cartagena, Cartagena less so, but if we lose against Adam Amorabieta, I think there's definitely got to be some questions asked. I think the only things that are possibly stopping them, like you said, the, the money probably won't be an issue because it's only on a six-month contract, but who's 
available that's good enough to keep us up who can come in you know I know we we did you know I heard Victor Sanchez de Lamo's name going around mm-hmm. a few times before um, we appointed Nacho Gonzalez so you know are there people who are out of a job who would want to come into Malaga for that last you know 10-15 games of the season and could we afford them that would be a fun that would be quite a romantic story when they came in to save us after Nacho had sort of not well not taken us down it had not stopped the rot I guess um, stopped the rot even um, Nick any thoughts on a Nacho Gonzalez sacking before we wrap things up uh, well I think everything about that I've seen and heard of Nacho is um, screams interim manager at the minute I don't think he's going to be here past the end of summer regardless of what league we're going to be in um, I think if he does lose these next two games and he will be out and maybe they can bring the person that they are planning to bring in sooner. And I think there was a name mentioned in our group, wasn't there? Is it Pablo Pablo Machi or something like that? Pablo Machi. Um, so yeah. I might have to correct me on that one. Yeah. Maybe someone like him, he could come in and, and you know, hopefully do something to arrest this lump. There you go. So, um I don't know if any of you guys have anything just to finally add on that Cartagena game. I I think we've sort of covered in. We're not really found. Um, I think we found. I don't know. Have we found any hope? <laughs> I don't. I didn't. I don't think we did in the end. Actually, we sort of said, "Oh, if only we had their striker," um, which we don't. I think we we're sort of relying on Seco to suddenly find some goal scoring boots from somewhere. Um, so, but explain to me where where is it going wrong? I think we've explained because we sacked Jose Alberto, so he's not the problem. It's the players, in it's my the opinion. The minute, I think I think you've alluded to that already, Chris, with your criticisms of some of our younger players. I think, yep, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I don't think, I don't think what Nacho's doing is being effective. I don't think it doesn't seem very passionate and fiery, and it doesn't really feel like like come on, guys, we can stay up, and you know, I'll get us going and. That sort of managers usually bring with them when you get the new manager bounce, which we definitely haven't had. As I said a few weeks ago, it's a new manager bump, more like. Um, um, when you said once, the bench is bigger than me and the bench is bigger than every sp- player. And I don't matter. The players don't matter. The the Malaga bench, that, that's what matters. Chris, that seems a lovely sentiment to finish this podcast on all about the Escudo. So I will say thank you to the three of you for joining me as always. Chris, thank you. Is there anything you want to add or plug before you go? Yeah, maybe see you next week, maybe not. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, cheers. But, but yeah. Um, I have to make a statement somehow. Okay, you've, you've made a statement. I, I, if, if they do win, I'm looking forward to welcoming you back, Chris and seeing. I, I, will, I will come on, I will do a mic drop, <laughs> and then I'll go off. Okay, I look forward to that. There was, um, and maybe Alex and or Nick can remember this. I think it might have been, I've got a Leeds podcast in my head for some reason, but it was some club podcast where they just pressed record and did an hour of silence in protest at something going on at the club. Or it might have been Coventry, I can't remember. I'll, I'll Google it. So, I know, it'll be a really boring podcast if uh, we do that, but uh, it has been done before. But yes, I look forward to seeing will Chris be here next week? Who knows? What a what a cliffhanger to end this episode on. And thank you to Nick for joining us. I think we just brought you on, Nick, to uh, 
because you wanted to have a little bit of a vent at Malaga, but you've been very balanced and talked yes. things through very well. I was going to say, I prepared a script for my um, Joseph Pedro moment, <laughs> where I can talk into camera and stare into your soul and blame Victor for being rubbish and for asking Anthony not to run with his head down. But yeah, I think I've held it together, to be fair. I thought I thought you were going to say you were going to blame Eden Hazard for something then, but <laughs> no, that's his usual talk. Because uh, they've gone off bail here now. Um, he's just they, you know, he's he's a you know they've given up on that story. And uh, yes, yeah, so thank you, Nick, and thank you to Alex Ashmore, my fellow Spanish compatriot over here. <laughs> thank you very much. It's you know it's good to be well after a long long while back in Spain, and well hopefully can somebody mute him. Hopefully, hopefully my six months in Spain isn't ruined by a Malaga relegation. Well, you know, you've got your Jack Harper moments to treasure for your life now, so I'm sure you've forgotten. Do you want to give him a shout-out, Alex? I I do, actually. Oh, yeah, go for it. Give him a shout-out. So it was a while back, I think I explained this, I was in Baltimore, Dad put out a tweet. Um, So he got us tickets for the Racing game against Ferrol. Uh, Met him after the game, had a chat. He's a lovely guy. you know, he's he's getting game time now, which is really good. He's had some injury trouble in the past, as we know, when he was at Alcocon and Cartagena, he didn't, wasn't getting the game time that he, he needed. Um, so, yeah, it's good to see him getting more minutes now and hopefully that will put him in good stead for potentially a new contract at Getafe. And obviously I did see him come on against Depor uh, the other week and that was very nice to see him and he, he did give us a, a wave from, from when he was warming up as I was bringing my Scottish flag. So yeah, thank you very much, Jack. And if you're listening, all the best for the rest of the season and, uh, bueno, vamos racing. Yes. And vamos Malag. So what you're saying is we might have a decent striker for the third division next season, potentially. Please, please no. (laughs) Never, ever, no more Jack Harper in my life. (laughs) Right, and on that bombshell, because I've never heard Chris Marquez so despondent and despairing on this podcast, I'll put him out of his misery and close things off here. So thank you to you guys for listening as well. I've been Matt Harrison. You've been listening to the Cast on Sport Direct Radio. Adios and vamos, Malaga.